and welcome to another episode of Bold, Brilliant and Broke. So the last seven days have been fantastic. I feel like I took a week off literally to work on my mind, work on my podcast, work on my business and oh, I'm really looking forward to the future. I went to a networking event, I met some people for coffee, it was brilliant. I met some listeners for coffee, it was lovely hearing about what they think of the podcast. I was a guest on my friend Xenia's podcast, The Quarter Life Crisis, which we had the most fun recording. After the recording, we literally text each other, like the text was just so many emojis, like we both left feeling so full and so uplifted after our conversation and I feel like it's the start of like a few conversations that we're gonna have for our podcasts so her episode is out soon I'll put that on my I'll put that on my Instagram for when it's out I think it's out tomorrow but I will double check so super exciting so today I have such a fun concept I want to share with you something that I heard and immediately went into my journal and started to think about how this is working into my life. So I want to share it with you. And it comes from one of my favorite coaches out there. So she's a mindset coach and she's all about, you know, developing emotional skills so you can make millions and millions of pounds of your, in your business. And also just like even small wins, like how you can develop the emotional skills so you're not feeling anxiety every day going to work. Her name is Cara Lowenthal. She has a brilliant podcast that I feel like you should check out. It's called Unfuck Your Brain. And I feel like that title just says it all. But anyway, one of the things I heard her saying was, doubt is the easiest way to direct your life into mediocrity. Wow. I was like, wow. I think the reason why this hit me so hard, you don't realize that the doubt that you have in your head, the voice that you have in your head, the role that it's playing in your life and how that's shaping your life. I think for a long time, I definitely thought it was things outside of me that were shaping my experience. I used to say things like, oh, like if I just had more money, then I would be able to do this, this and this. And if I just had like, you know, 20,000 followers, I'd be able to do this. And I just need like, you know, I just need to be discovered. And, you know, then life would kind of really get going and really, you know, get happening. So I always thought it was something that outside of me created my life and why I think I really like this quote is because she's talking about your inside like what the words that you're saying to yourself and she's also talking about habit are you in the habit of doubting yourself and my hand like literally went up like I wrote that in my journal and I was like yep I bloody am I am an ideas person I could literally look at an object and come up with like 500 ideas on how you can change it, like the reasons behind it, like how you could sell it, who you'd sell it to. Like literally, I feel like my ability to generate ideas from a simple starting point is one of the things that I got from uni. Like that's my, uh, <laughs> like when people say, you know, like what your biggest thing you got from uni. And I think it's my ability to come up with lots of different ideas and look at lots of different perspectives. But I would have ideas for projects and I'd be like, oh, like I'd think about it for a little while. And then I'd be like, I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the time to do that. I'm not the kind of person who could just go out and do that. I'm not the kind of person who could go out and make a film. I'm not the kind of person who could go out and write a book. I don't have the skills for that. And what would happen is, I so I would doubt myself and then the idea just wouldn't come into fruition. 
And I would always think that, oh, it's because I'm working long hours. It's because I'm balancing two jobs. That's the reason why my ideas are not coming to fruition. Like, you know, I'm not earning a lot of money. Like, that's the reason why. But what I started to change, what I started to question was how? Instead of immediately going to your habit of doubting yourself, how can you interrupt that behavior? One of the ways you can interrupt it is by asking how. So I had the idea, I wrote a script a few weeks ago. And I think one of the main things that stopped me from moving that forward is because I was like, you know, I don't have enough money to put on a film to produce this. But then how do I know that I don't have enough money? Have I answered that? Have I gone through my finances, gone through like what I've been spending on, spent 30 minutes with an Excel spreadsheet to actually know like how much money I do have, how much money it's going to cost, how I can maybe negotiate and get around some of the costs? How do I know that I can't? Because if you haven't spent time actually researching and looking at the different ways and exploring how something can be done, then you might be making your decision on autopilot and from your conscious mind. And if your conscious mind is only 5% of your mind and you're making decisions from there, then it means that you not being able to do something and the excuses that you give to not being able to do something might not actually be the truth. It might just be habit. You might be in the habit of saying no to yourself, of talking yourself out your dreams of being broke, of not going after the things you want, of not stepping up. So if you are seeing those patterns in your life, what are you doing to interrupt them? So I really want to make a film and I keep on asking myself how, okay, like I'm doing this podcast. I'm also working in styling and fashion. What do I need to make this happen? Do I need more team members who know more things about film than I do so I can make this happen? Do I need someone to come on as casting because I don't have those skills? And I just need someone to like take that over. I need to delegate that to someone and that to just be done. How can I make this happen? Can I negotiate with like someone who has a space and say, hey, like I'm doing this film. I'll give you credit if I can film in your space, in your location. How are you going to make this happen? And that's such a better question. And then when you get into the habit of asking yourself how you can make things happen instead of saying that you can't what I think you'll gradually build up is a bank of opportunities and ideas you had and you saw them through like this podcast is one example for me it's an idea I had I had no idea how to start this podcast by the way before I started I just went you know I had a couple of thoughts and I just went every step, take the first two steps and kept on asking, okay, how? Okay, how? Okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? And now I'm here talking to you guys. And I bet you're so fucking happy I am here. (laughs) Because we're sharing all this wisdom and sharing learning so much together. So yeah, that is my, you know, tidbit for this week, my lesson. But yeah, we're just changing things up. And that's how we do it at Bold, Brilliant and Broke. So today... I have a guest. They're not actually here with me, but they've given us a little gift. We're going to call her Sally because I might need to refer to her, but her name is not actually Sally. We're just going to call her that. And she has a dilemma that she's working on in her freelance life. And I thought it'd be really fun if we problem solve and work this out together as a collective community. So we're going to play the voice note and then we're going to dig right into the key takeaways and like how she can, you know, work this out and how we can solve these problems together. Here we go. Without further ado. Hey, 
for taking your time to listen to this. And I wish you all the success with your podcast. So, thank you. So, my dilemma is a brand approached me to work with them. We began to discuss what I could do, how I could contribute to the brand, blah, blah, blah. We met up and started talking and I explained how I, was, how I was a creative direction student. However, I had resources that could help build the brand and so that the bank, the brand could benefit off. So when we met up, I discussed how I was good at casting, concept boards, production, blah, blah, blah. Everything was good. I started working underneath the brand. Eventually, after a couple more meetings, we had a discussion about creating a job title for me and signing an NDA and a contract. Obviously, a contract to get paid from. I continued to work under the impression that my contract was being written up and I would begin to get paid. But when I met up with the business manager to sign a contract, there was no contract. At the meeting, however, I do remember them distinctively saying, this must look really good on your CV. (laughs) What? I casted models for one of the shoes that the brand needed. When I came to ask if the invoices had been done, I was told the models had already been paid. So that left me feeling like, oh, well... What about me? Why haven't I been paid? And where is my contract? So I guess what I need help with is, how do I ask about being paid without sounding rude, of course? And in creative jobs, how do I even know how much I should be getting paid? Hope you'll be able to help me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sally, for sending that in. So let's just get right into it. I love this question because... As a freelancer, it will feel like you're having this question over and over and over again, unless you are really strict and you're like, you don't start any work before, you know, before the contact is signed, before an agreement is made. But the fact that you will have them over and over again means that you'll get really good at them. So what you say is that the models have already pay- been paid. Now, some models, if they're with an agency, one of the only differences between you and them is that they have an agent, someone who is actually paid to advocate for them. Like an agent gets 20% of their fee. So the agent gets paid when the model gets paid. The only difference between you and a model is that you don't have someone to advocate on your behalf. So you're going to have to learn these skills for yourself before the agent comes on. I want to tell you a little story to just to put this into a metaphor. So I can't swim. Oh, well, I can swim, but I don't like being in deep water. I can't jump into the deep end. So basically, I just, yeah, I don't like swimming in the sea. I can't really swim. And But I've always wanted to know how to swim, how to learn how to swim. But I'm a bit scared of water. But I love lifting weights. So I would go to the gym and I would do lots of cardio and lots of arm workouts arm presses and stuff and be like oh like you know like this is all like preparing me for when I go swimming I'm gonna have like a great stroke I'm gonna look really great blah 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 but the truth is the only thing that really gets me good at swimming is going swimming it's about me getting uncomfortable just getting my hair wet and getting in the pool so when it comes to negotiating, if you are going to have to negotiate several times during your career, the only way you get good at them is unknowing that they are uncomfortable, knowing that it will lead to something good and just going through them. So I feel like what you're about to enter into is a good negotiation. You're going to have to sit them down, 
and have an uncomfortable conversation. Are you ready to do that? So Sally, it actually sounds like we're starting in a great place. You acknowledge that you all, you have the resources that can help them build and scale their brand. But the question I'd like to ask is, are you leveraging them? For example, if Tesco suddenly said, hey guys, you know, you can buy these oranges. They're one pound. You can take them for now, but you can buy them. And you're just stocking up your bag of oranges you don't really have an incentive to start paying for the oranges. It kind of sounds like you're like coming to the end of your seven day free trial on Netflix where you're like, okay, like you've had all this fun. The free service is like ending very soon. Like, let's wrap this up. And what I want to introduce to you now is this book that I've been reading. It's called Never Split the Difference. It's by Chris Voss and it is amazing. He is he used to be a negotiator for the FBI. And so like at the beginning of the book, he's talking about negotiating situations of hostages and bank robbers and these very high intense criminal activities. But he relates it to how negotiating can actually play a part in your career. And he actually says the willingness to negotiate is the willingness that your life will improve. Every single decision and every single step in your life is a negotiation. Where are you going to live? Who you get married to? How many kids you have? You know, what your boss pays you, whether you work at home or in the office, whether they buy your new laptop, whether that's part of your contract. All of this stuff is about our ability to negotiate. So I just want to read this very quick quote from the book. He says... It's vitally important to get a no because no starts the negotiation. You need to anchor their emotions so not accepting your offer feels like a loss. I'm just going to say it one more time. It's vitally important to get a no because no starts the, the negotiations. You need to anchor their emotions so that not accepting your offer feels like a loss. So for example, you're going into Tesco again. they're letting you take the oranges you're loving the oranges and then they say hey actually these oranges are five pounds per bag they cut off the supply of oranges you feel like you're at a loss because you've fallen in love with the oranges that's why seven day free trials work so well like you love listening to spotify like you use it in the gym you're like oh i could do this and you find all this amazing music and suddenly it stops you're like oh Actually, that service really improved my life. It solved lots of problems for me. I need to get that back in my life. So you are at an excellent position because now you can start to think of ways of how if you weren't able to supply your service, which you won't be able to continue doing it for free, what do they lose and what do they miss out on? And highlighting that and highlighting the value that you've provided for them already is an excellent place to start. Because when you're gone, you're gone. And then when it feels like a loss for them, it's a great way to be like, hey, I know you've been loving my oranges. They're so tasty. Your immunity is up 10,000%. I've saved you a lot of time because you don't have to go to that shop that's really far down the road. Now, these oranges aren't going to be free forever. At the end of this project, you will have to start paying for them. And this is the amount that I'm going to charge for them. Bam. I'm in. I just sold myself. And then when they come back and they say no to your first offer, what is that? That is the beginning of the conversation. 
because then you have a conversation, you have a dialogue between them, and then you're able to understand their wants and their fears, their needs and their desires. And if you are filling their needs and their desires and you understand what their fears are, that the more value you can provide and then the more that you can charge. And that's the key to a good relationship, really being clear on what you provide. And understand that when they're taking your service that you offer for free at first, your free trial, your seven day free trial period, if we can call it that, there's nothing wrong with them doing that if it's available. Like Netflix doesn't judge you for signing up to their trial and then cancelling. But understanding that they can say no if they choose to can release some of the control of dying to hear a yes. You're not as hurt about it because you were expecting that no anyway. You're not like, oh God, like how could they have said that to me? When you expect it, you're so much more agile to think on your feet and think of new solutions and think of new ways that you can put forward your offer and find out how you can help them. But I would want to find out, like what value are you bringing? What value are you bringing to them? And I mean this kind of in like a very actional broader contents in the sense that say you're working with a big multi international brand and you are casting for an upcoming shoot it's an advert and it's going to be featured on televisions they've got video they've got stills so it's going to be featured on televisions in magazines on billboards in various different countries so you can already kind of start to see how you just casting their models for this is going to become part of their lasting branding project. If it's going to be in magazines, it's a thing that is going to have direct contact with their customers. So if they are doing something like this, you are going to kind of, you're going to want to charge more than you are more comfortable because the value you're bringing is extending more than that one day that you've worked with them. But also on the same time, if it's a shoot and it's just going into like a local newspaper or a local magazine, your rate, you might adjust your rate for that because the value and the impact is much smaller. So is your rate a set thing no matter what you're working on or does it change depending on the needs of the company and how your work will impact that company going forward? I was involved in a shoot a few weeks ago with a global company the and the photographer was going to get paid chunky 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 chunk of change like a lot of money for the work that she's going to be doing on that one day of shooting and the reason why is because that company was going to be launching that shoot that advertisement in multiple different countries in multiple different places in various stores and they were just going to be using it a lot and so this comes down to a legal term like the usage of the product or service that you give them like after you do this what where is this going to be used how is it going to be used? Because an advert is generating income for them. So how are you going to be compensated for that? And for her, because of the usage that she had in her contract and the amount that the brand were going to use her work after she had just done that initial work, that amount of money was going to add up to about 20 grand for that one project. And I think once you take yourself out of it and think of the larger scope of how you are impacting the company, then you can be in a place to know how much you should charge or know how much to value your work at. 
I hope this helps and I wish you all the very best. And I feel like no matter what comes of this situation, it's just going to be a learning lesson for you, for me and for everyone who listens to this episode on how to do this. And that leads me on nicely to a little gift I have for you guys, listeners of the podcast. I have been doing a lot of reading, a lot of watching, a lot of listening to gather like all of this information and on about like mindset, negotiating, how to set your rate and how to basically prime my mind to think of to think bigger than I already think so basically I'm very much of the understanding that if I don't have something in my life that I want then it's just because I don't know how I don't there's something that I need to learn there's still more that I need to know so it means that I'm just on a journey of constantly learning constantly voyaging and like looking for answers and trying so what I've done is I've basically created a list of resources and it's a list of books a list of podcasts there's videos on there there's articles I've read long and short reads of all the things I feel like have been easy to action really easy to read and understandable and have made some impact or benefit into my life and I've put them together on a list and I want to share it with you guys because I think if I'm doing all the reading and doing all the stuff I might as well share it with you so we can get some because the whole point of this podcast was to develop skills and knowledge and financial literacy so we can get the money and live the lives that we want because that's what I'm all about it's definitely like a collective community movement so I will send you this list in an email and you can get it by dming me at kyra the bold just dm me list of resources and I can just send it over to you or you can email me at kyra at bold brilliant and broke.com so yeah that's all there for you It's been made with love and kindness. And actually what I will do is I'll continually, I'll update it every quarter. So everything that I think is worthy and worth you guys having a look at, you can just go on and look and you'll get an updated version. Also, people who already received my newsletter, you already get this list of emails. People who are signed up for my newsletter, you will get that list of resources tomorrow automatically to your inbox if you are signed up and you don't see it there please check your junk mail and get me out of the junk and get me into your inbox because this is amazing and you don't want to miss this anyway thanks so much guys see you next time 